0: <laughs> this is printed impressed i'm chris i'm
1: andrew
0: <clears throat> i'm will and will's leading the podcast today because this is his choice
2: yes
3: yeah. today we're covering dune one of my favorite if not my favorite sci-fi books um i'm very excited you guys excited did you actually read the the, the tome
0: i yes, read i it. did
3: i read it <laughs> I don't know. Just so everyone knows, Chris sent a GIF of the wrong series. Yeah. So.
0: yeah he did. I've seen all three adaptations, at least part one. That's of not the, even the from any and, of the adaptations. And I have read <laughs> Dune. I have the Barnes and Noble and I have the Ace version. So I'll probably end up selling one set. We'll see. Long story oh, okay. short, uh, Will, you take it away.
3: All right. So, Dune is on a it is a desert planet <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> really? are, you
1: sure? <laughs> are you sure
3: all right so basically there's a lot going on in this book um there's political subterfuge There's religious days, principles though?
1: let's let's start off with the with the description of i'm the trying to. The book,
3: man. okay well the description of the author is he started off with periodicals on in sci-fi magazines uh this is when he really became big um brian herbert is his son He's continuing the, the story he has really good forwards that kind of describe the, what frank herbert was going through as the books are being made or maybe a little bit of background history or or how he felt about them the reception of the books um and then i don't know how like i don't know are we just gonna go step by step through the book <clears throat> hey, that's
0: what i thought we were
2: doing
1: well it has a crap ton of pages it's 579 so yes anyone who's looking for a big book but i would say that it doesn't feel that big
3: no it really pulls you along
1: yeah it pulls you along but also his uh the font in these books is not exactly tiny either Mm -hmm. so i feel like it's a bit exaggerated how big this is given um how he structures the paragraphs and everything as well it's not as overbearing each page
3: yeah <clears throat> i would agree with that
0: and also i am
3: would sad you guys agree this that this PDF book has the written?
0: map split i'm sad this, this yeah. pdf has the map split <laughs>
1: that's it's fine though because it's not like this map was that insightful
0: yeah it doesn't it's still you don't
3: sad. need it at all it's not like the lord of the rings where you need you need to follow that map yeah i didn't say you did I mean, this I'm is just sad. a
1: giant <laughs> sandbox let's just be honest yeah if you just view it as a sandbox you'll be
3: fine yeah well that's really important as you're going along in the series honestly because he will keep adding to it it's not stagnant at all Mm -hmm. um and he changes things so it's kind of one of the big principles is that nothing stays the same um yeah did you want to just go through and walk through it
0: chris that's what i was thinking yeah if you uh i was gonna oh, i you thought you're gonna you
3: like to go to the glossary or whatever to do the okay, table, 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 one table, one table i'm content. Pinning, i'm
0: pinning of our <clears throat> twitter stream to our profile that's what i was doing Hold on. all right we'll get to it so there's three books in this book there's dune muadib and the prophet and will do you want muadib. to explain why you do
1: you want to explain why wait, there's three
0: but... and not just what mm-hmm.
1: I'm just saying it felt, it still felt like one complete story. Oh, yeah, it's one book. Yeah, it's just just section one,
3: section two, section three. That's all. Mm -hmm. Do
0: you know why it's in three sections?
3: Because they wanted to, Chris. No,
0: (laughs) because it was originally in a serialized magazine in three parts. Yeah, I started off with that, man. I said he started off with periodicals and then he started big with That's why it's set up in three. That's why it's set up in threes in this one. I think Messiah got
3: multiple ones too. Did you know that uh, Tolkien was actually asked to.
0: read this before it was published yeah and he sent two letters and he said it was better if he didn't comment on it yeah and he said it was he hated it <laughs> <laughs> i think it probably he probably hated it from the word go when he saw that there was an orange catholic bible in there
1: no let's okay let's just be honest here that this is the antithetical oh yeah. or opposite to how tolkien writes it is he, yeah that's true he is much more only giving the necessary details that you want you need at the moment while leaving mystery for you to be pulled along through this book and Mm -hmm. it pulls you along the entire time because you're constantly wanting to discover more about this strange new world that Mm -hmm. which goes perfectly with how paul is in a new world and i feel like that's the beauty of this book in a nutshell and that's polar opposite to how Tolkien wants to describe everything the second it is introduced. Yes. Yes. Down to the wrinkles and each freckle on Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) I mean, I would agree with you on that. Yeah. So that's why if Tolkien were to be the reviewer for this, he's going to be like, I can't comment. (laughs) um.
3: Yeah. Well, the thing is, I think that showed a lot of character for Tolkien. I mean, we always talk about how we love Tolkien on this podcast. Yeah. Just the fact that he knew he wasn't the guy and instead of, you know, shitting on a young author's career, he was like, no, someone else needs to do this.
0: Yeah, I, I thought that was it was a respectable thing. It's like, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all and no, allow gosh. the community to decide, right? <laughs> it's also yeah. not
1: really Tolkien's uh, genre. of no. expertise. It is and it strong.
0: isn't. I mean, it, it's got the same level of world building
1: almost. I would say it it's not, but yeah.
0: No, when, when I say that, I mean, like, when it comes to sci fi, how many things are fleshed out to this level?
1: I mean, a lot of sci fi is fleshed out a lot more than what this. But before thing. this book came out,
0: I mean, you might have had like Asimov, uh, you probably had Robert Heinlein, but there's not a whole no, lot of sci fi. The thing is, like it,
3: once you start reading through these books, it's, honestly, just read the first one, uh, you can see that this was a foundational work for sci fi. There's a, like basically mm-hmm. the echoes from this book is felt now in every single sci fi property um yeah, got, so like, even, even though there were obviously some greats before this this is the one that really put it on the map
1: yeah i mean it, it brought
0: and, it it brought out the, the the era of modern science fiction this is like the the um the catalyst between yeah, well, science it, it, fiction it does
1: set the standard for needing more philosophy behind yeah well people. you can see star trek in this for
0: sure yeah
1: star trek you can yeah i can see it when will mentions it i can see it yeah
0: yeah well I, that's not but that's not something i ever had the thought process of equating here that that's that's not yeah just the
3: way the the philosophy is what triggered it so um that especially the new, new sorry the next generation is all about philosophy and it really you can see the echoes of the sentiments in this book into that one not so much the messiah but there are some messiah things well, i mean the
1: that, Orange catholic bible being a, a new like one world concept of everything is pretty much
0: universal in a lot of mm-hmm. sci-fi uh yeah especially since you have jean-luc picard with his dog and the machine gun in the 1984 dune movie and then goes to star trek clearly there's a lot of carryover here yes <laughs> that's my favorite meme um so why don't we roll through the story, Will? And since, you know, you picked it, I think I'll let you ca- kind of try and fumble through this thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I, I, there's so much. I'm trying to
3: think about what is the easiest way of... Well, you got to start with the Duke gen- and Paul, right? Yeah, you got
1: to start with where they're at and where they're going. Yeah, why, so, why they're
0: on the planet.
3: Yeah, so basically there's warring factions. So there's uh, there's these factions. So there's the, the Ixians, which make machines. There's the Bene Gesserit, where are basically the space witches. Uh, there's the guild, which is uh, the uh, the navigators. They pilot these ships that can go across galaxies in a blink of an eye. Um, they're slightly prescient, so they can actually see the future, which it allows them to do this. It's very important. Um, there's another uh, faction called the Benny uh, Telax, uh, and they are, are, are. they in this one? Yeah, they're hinted at this one. Okay. Um, they basically are the Benny jesuit but like a male version of that, mm-hmm. um, and.
0: Rock.
3: yeah and then there's also within this different like lord lords and ladies and they like faction houses so you have the you two know, main ones oh, there's true. three main ones in this book so you have the carinos which are the current ruling family of the empire then you have the harkonnens which are the true rulers because they have the most wealth and then you have the the starks
0: <laughs> the atreides i guess <laughs> which, yeah
3: are, yeah which are the atreides so they're the atreides are uh, they're the Starks, basically. But they're the related,
1: are related to the Emperor's family.
3: Yeah, they're all related because there's a bunch of gene meddling that's been happening in the background for generations at this point. Um, so you don't they're, necessarily I mean, you don't know that. They're openly related. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, right. So they're cousins? Yes.
1: They're openly related, and that's why there's conflict between them. Yes. But so also, the, the Harkin and the, the Atreides
0: are empires. also related. <clears throat> We're looking mm-hmm. at all the dukes and ladies of the old royal, like King Arthur's court. Everybody's related. Everybody's a duke or a lady. And that's that's how it is. Yeah, except for the Fremen and the people that are below them. And also the true conflict is only, I
3: think, hinted at mostly in this book. Why the Carinos are so out to get the Atreides. But it is it is fleshed out later. And also in a prequel book that the, uh, Brian Herbert makes. Um, I'm actually trying to think what the actual conflict is. Oh, basically, he made the emperor look weak and forced him into a deal that made um the duke atreides uh look like a better leader um so although it's good for the whole like all the collective systems uh the the emperor took it
0: personally so that's kind of the background information you need for this it's the, kind of a it's kind of like your standard this guy the usurper looks better than the king yes but uh, but is, he's not the, but he's not a usurper yeah I mean, he, he doesn't balances
1: up because he leads the free houses or whatever they're called the right the, yeah, so you have fashion. the chom as
3: well which like is kind of confusing how that actually works um and kind of doesn't matter at past this past this book um but the Chome is a collection, and it's basically all funded by this substance called the spice melange and it's only made on one planet um dune. So that's why everyone wants Dune. Uh, everyone needs this spice because everyone is addicted to it now. Besides the, the House of Atreides, so the Bene Gesserit need it for their prescience and how they um, use their other memories, which is something we'll get into later. Um, then the Guild navigators use it to for prescience, so they can have this is also limited prescience, so this can be important later um, to be able to see the planets that they're about to fly into, um, and also they other things space later. Space
0: and time, can't they? So. They also project. The ships the go. The ships do that, that,
3: but they can see it. Okay. Okay. So, so the they are they, the navigators. That yeah. So the sense. ships okay. can bend space, to, space and time, and jump between things, but they can actually fly. They can think so fast that they can fly it through that. Gotcha. Okay, that makes um, sense now. I was yeah. a little confused on that a
0: little bit. Well, it is
1: kind of. Aren't, aren't they also kind of seeing the future? Because there's moments in this book. Where oh, absolutely. About, that's how they're doing it. Yeah, that's yeah. how they're doing it. Is they're it's like an AI with a chessboard
0: where they can see every possible outcome. Yeah, so they, don't so they, know which they have one something called second vision, which, again,
3: is more fleshed out later. So basically yeah. they, they just see ahead of ahead of themselves, but only by moments. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's not true prescience like we're going to see Paul. In a they only see on
1: their path they're currently on, yes. which is why it works for them navigating, because they can see where mm-hmm. they're going. They're just. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But again, it's only a few moments ahead. It's not yep. generations. But they can um, see
0: all the paths that lay ahead based on what decisions yeah. are made, right? And then the,
3: the Benny Jesuits, which are the Space Witches, they have been doing gene meddling, and they're trying to create something called the... I can't pronounce it. Quizás Haderach. Yeah. yeah. Which is basically, they're trying to make a Messiah-like character with these special powers that they can control. Because uh, they want to have ultimate authority over everything, um, and they want to... You'll find out later that also they want to know what the heck the Benny t are up to. Uh, so that's part. That's part of their plan too. Um, and basically, they have really interesting because they've been gene meddling for thousands of years at this point. The space witches. Again, they don't have actual magic powers, but it kind of seems that way. So they can read your thoughts, kind of. Um, they can uh, really read your facial expressions. They have something called a voice, which is really like they speak in a certain tone. And it resonates with your brain and causes you to want to uh, like follow that direction.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and then they also can manipulate different parts of the body down to the molecule level. So they can ingest poison and they can actually create the antidote inside of themselves. Um, and then they can also create like they can heat up random parts of their body so they're not cold. Um, they can also cool down parts of their body so they can be in, in like the dune sun for longer than most people and be completely fine. Um, that kind of thing. Uh, and then the reason why the Ben deserts are really important is because they send out these people called sisters and they marry into these great houses. It's a, it's an open secret that they're basically manipulating these Lords, but they're, you know, like you want that power Alliance essentially. And the wife, I uh, know, sorry, the concubine, cause he's not actually married. It's, it's an important point of the Duke Leto is, um, Paul's mom. Hall's mom, yeah. Who's Jessica? Jessica, oh yeah. I was like Lisa. It's like that's not right. <laughs> so Jessica, <laughs> um, so Jessica is a Benin Stric- but and She's
0: a strategic pairing with Duke
3: Leto. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very much a stri- so she ends up being the daughter of one of the other gray houses,
0: Harconin.
3: Um, but their their uh, breeding records are uh, kept secret from them, so they don't know that they're just trained in a certain belief system, certain powers, that kind of thing, um, and also a certain way of life. But she screws up because she falls in love with Duke Leto. And she decides that she's going to skip this breeding program and manipulate her own womb to produce a male instead of a female heir, which is what she's. Been directed to <laughs> yeah, well, he's not an abomination yet. I know, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she does create one. <laughs> so, so no, but, but
0: here, here's a question. All right, answer me this real quick, just yeah. because I did not quite pick up on this. The Reverend Mother thing is that specific to the Fremen, or does the Bene Gesserit have like one all powerful Reverend Mother?
3: Yeah. So the Reverend Mother, um, I'm you, the Reverend Mothers are basically just how, how do I describe? It? They're basically high priestesses, but there's okay. also a Mother Superior, which is the you know, the Pope of them. Because the I don't, I don't I remember there ready.
0: being a Reverend Mother other than the Mother Superior. I believe you're you... correct. In this book, that's the only one mentioned. But there's a okay. bunch of them later. So it, they really
3: flesh out all of these different factions later. Um, this one, like Andrew was saying, he really only gives you what you need to know for the story. There's a mm-hmm. there's a ton mm-hmm. going on in the background that doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So that so Paul opens up with Paul, right, where he's yep. essentially being tested by the mother superior. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: To um, prove whether or not he's really a human. Yeah, so that
3: is honestly kind of confusing. But the idea is that um, he needs to be able to control his impulses. So it's something that the Bene Gesserits can do. They can essentially get their limbs chopped off and they won't flinch. Um, and because they can com- they can control their bodies to such an extent that no matter what's going on to them, they always maintain composure and it makes them really freaky. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's what that test is ultimately going for, is to see if like, at that point a woman going through that would have gotten some training and be able to hold her composure under pain. And it's also the idea is that you can't torture them. They won't uh, break under, uh, there's like these machines um, that will probe your mind, that kind of thing. Um, And also another another part is the spice agony, which will come in later, is very, very painful. And if you can't get through the spice agony, you'll die. Um, So this is, again, it's a testing them before they go through the
0: spice agony. Is that the uh, poison that Paul goes through? Yeah,
3: that is okay. Yeah, that is a version of the Spice Agony. Um, mm-hmm. That is a more wild Fremen version because they're kind of doing it on the fly. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, all of the uh, sisterhood goes through
0: something like that. Okay. So basically you open up with Paul determining his um, humanity from the Bene mm-hmm. Gesserit standpoint. And then the Atreides you find out are being reassigned to Arrakis by the emperor to take over yep. where the Harkonnens currently are. So there's a jealousy aspect to it, but the Harkonnens aren't really leaving the planet. They're just pretending to because the conspiracy is that they will take it back at some point. But you don't know how. You just know that the Mother Superior has hinted that Duke Leto will die. Yep. But basically,
3: Mm -hmm. she straight out says that everyone knows that this is going to happen, um, that they're going to attack. And then she she says, I can't save the Duke, but I will do my best to save Paul because... He has the potential to become Neo from The Matrix. <laughs> um, yeah, but she's super pissed about it. So also she basically be tells... a waste
1: of the breeding program. Right. Again? It,
3: it was a waste of the breeding. It. Oh yeah, program absolutely. If yeah. they uh,
1: if they did get rid of them, so yeah,
0: yep. So then, basically, the the uh, Duke Leto and family, the they move into Arrakis in the old I am assuming this is where the Harkonnens were but it's not No, it was before. a di- well it, no it was
1: different. They chose a different location. Yeah, but it's I, the same I, it city, wasn't kind of, it? No, same it's city. A different city. No, it was a little oh, bit wow, unclear I, I on clearly this. missed it. No, there's, there's two locations. There's the main city and then there was a different fortress they picked the fortress town.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. I, anyways, doesn't matter that much. Basically they get there there's a whole assassination plot where they try to kill Paul with a hunter seeker. It's kind of never really talked about after that, other than the fact that, oh, somebody tried to kill his son. And then there's like a whole conspiracy plot that unravels throughout their time there. There's the whole mm-hmm. dinner scene where you kind of understand how the planet operates. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Oh, and but then- also there's main
0: characters. So
3: you obviously have the Duke, Jessica, Paul, but also you have Duncan Idaho, which is super important. So remember that name. Yeah. Uh, then you have, um, oh my gosh, well, I can't think of the other guy's name. Yeah. You have keens but what's the other guy for yeah, the house
0: heinz and you've got um yes, I mean, uh doctor um Yue, but i'm Yue, not even thinking about him but dude. uh no no you're thinking of um hen hen, hen something right uh <laughs> oh my gosh it's the weapons master why can't we think of hard it no, not harden uh um, oh, wait
1: or whatever
0: his name is no who different um oh man he plays the music thing yeah uh
1: well there's three main guys
3: I'm looking it up. Okay, yeah, just who's the third guy guys, I'm missing?
1: Uh, Danny or gonna, uh, What's his name? It starts with an H, doesn't it? No, you're thinking of Huey or uh, no, uh, Medic or Metac or whatever the heck is pronounced.
3: Hey, yeah, Huey is the Mentat. Um, oh my gosh,
0: it's not Duncan Idaho. What the heck is this his name?
3: Dune characters. I'm. I can't believe I'm linked on this. This it's is terrible. so important.
0: Heart, heart, oh, Gurney Halleck. Oh my oh, god, Halleck. Halleck. yeah, that so you're right wrong. on the H.
3: All right, so Gurney Halleck. Um, I was, see,
0: I was on the right track, yeah, yeah, Andrew, I said Gunny, but uh, I was Gunny Gunnery gunny. Halleck, <laughs> yeah, he,
1: you know, he was like a gunny. I don't know, he was, yeah. funny so bullshit. these people are
3: all super loyal to the, the Atreides. That's important, um, because they're not loyal to Jessica, um, and because of that, they're easily manipulated into thinking that there's a subplot that she is trying to kill off Paul, which. If they knew what was going on, like that doesn't make any sense. But for them, they they're, they don't know what's going on between him, uh, between the Duke and Jessica. So they right. think that she's the one trying to kill Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also the actual person who is giving them away and ends up uh, betraying him in the end ends up being the doctor. And he does it because he thinks that uh, the Harkonnens will reunite him with his wife.
1: I don't think that he thought that they would reunite.
0: Reun- no, his his goal was to get close enough to the Baron that he. That's would find a secondary out that his secondary goal. A lot. I thinks think that- it's more so the
1: fact that he doesn't want them to be torturing her anymore.
0: Right, okay. he's worried that they tortured her.
1: My 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 interpretation was that he was aware, very much aware, that they weren't going to let him and her live.
3: Basically, wanted to kill was, them both. His okay. whole
1: goal was so that they would put her out of her misery that's the only thing he could do for
0: her yeah speaking of which have you heard the conspiracy theory about the movies no his his wife is that little spider creature you see in the beginning when the harkonnen oh yeah that was a weird that was weird i don't think that thing was well if it was her and she was being tortured that makes sense (laughs) like she's tortured into this weird spider looking thing yeah i mean they have that ability. they do mess with people later on but
3: yeah, so where are we at? Oh, so there's a plot uh, to kill Paul, then ends up manifesting into um, basically the shield wall gets taken down. Oh, hold on, mm-hmm. first before that, <laughs> uh, they go and see a worm with the. Yeah, the they harvester. go and see a worm, and this is real. This is really fundamental because uh, it shows Kynes, who ends up who's the ecologist of the planet, and also supposed to help with the transition between the Harkonnens and Atreides that the atreides are, are different people basically. they're actually they're, good people yeah they're honorable they will put themselves they care on. About
1: people over profit yeah
3: exactly they care about people over profit uh because what happens is that the um what do they call those machines the spice machines? Harvesters. harvesters so the harvesters. harvester has been uh, sabotaged and they aren't able to grab it like i think the
1: the wing the was, stolen. The, the, lift the, wing was yeah, stolen the
0: lift that's supposed to get it out the carrier yeah. It's supposed to come in and take it out of there. It gets damaged and or doesn't show up at all, actually. Yeah, it wasn't so show up.
1: Yeah. So Arcanine loyalists. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It doesn't have things like a lot all the machinery is damaged or broken or missing. And then there's also people like trying to destroy things as they're going along. But um anyway, basically Leto lands the his uh Thopter and tries to pick up as many people as it can. He ends up getting everyone out. Um, But then he loses the and, the, and he
0: tosses like extra equipment out the back because he needs yeah. that extra room and weight and losing
3: this equipment is important because he has to maintain a quota. Otherwise, the Emperor will seize it. The planet back from him.
0: Right. Which mm-hmm. is what Baron Harkonnen has like three ways to get the planet back. That's one. of Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Because again, everyone like the entire like the multiple galaxies that are in this all run off the spice. If the spice doesn't flow, then everything collapses.
0: Right. And this is the first time where you see the 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 terror and the size of these worms because it literally swallows yes. an entire area of the desert where the where the harvester is at in one mm-hmm. gulp essentially. Like it's yep. just you, you don't realize how impressively big these worms are until that moment because you they That's talk about the them up until then. Yeah. So <clears throat> um, and then then they
3: get back to the fortress. The doctor ends up blowing the shield wall. The Harkonnens attack. Um,
0: Kills Dr. You, not Dr. Kynes.
3: Yeah. she uh, sure basically we kills that. everyone. And yep. then um, Lato grants, is captured. Yep. And he grabs oh, that and Jessica. What about the tooth? Oh, yeah. So Lato gets captured. The doctor gives him this tooth that he can bite down on. It's supposed to release a gas that will not only kill him, but will, will kill anyone in his immediate proximity. And basically he tells him, like, I'm sorry, I had to do this for my wife, um, but you're going to have an opportunity to kill the baron. So, like, this is who orchestrated this whole thing. Oh, and the Baron uh, is Harkonnen. Uh, and, um, yep, so that's kind of the plan that Leto has to sign up for because he's paralyzed and can't really say no to it. Um, and then Paul and Jessica escape. Escape by Duncan Idaho's help and Dr. Yu because mm-hmm. they find
0: out he was helping, too.
3: Also, again, there's so much going on in this book. So another thing, a huge thing that we missed is that as soon as Paul and Jessica land, they the fremen who are the people who inhabit this planet um they're sort of natives like every human who's been put here is is not native but the mm-hmm. ones that like actually live here for generations um think that he is the messiah and she is oh yeah uh, the Reverend oh, yeah it's a
1: very important uh, yeah it's super important <laughs> so
3: like the, seeing them fulfills a prophecy that the abandoned desert had planted there thousands of <laughs> years before the uh,
0: missionaria protectiva
3: um, yeah so it's something that they do on a lot of planets basically to ensure the safety of reverend mothers at land but also it to prepare people for this messiah that they're trying to create um and it, they end up doing it so they they see him and they're like oh he fulfills the prophecy and then they test jessica one of the handmaidens tests her later and she kind of stumbles into the right Mm-hmm. yeah so she stumbles into the correct response and in exchange she does she actually give her the knife she yes. she gives yeah her so Christ she knife. gives her the knife and it's a an impor- very important knife because it is a tooth of shai halud which is the worm god and which is just the worms and then um what's interesting about these knives they can't be taken off of dune because they disintegrate so they're very very well, precious like me.
0: there's something to do with the way that they're made, they will disintegrate upon leaving the atmosphere of Dune. It's magical, <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. Well, yeah, it this also is...
1: disintegrates if it's away from the body for long enough,
0: yes. lot
1: um, yeah, so there's, there's a l- lot, a spice lot
3: spice going on, especially when you like find out how, <clears throat> is, how the spice is made. It's just in this
1: book, that's not really that important for the about the knives. No. I'll be no. honest, it's just uh, let's day just talk
0: about day. the fact that you can tell if somebody's been on the spice long enough by their blue eyes, yes, yeah, that too. That's the thing. So when you become spice addicted, well, at least the Fremen do. So when the Fremen become spice addicted, their
3: eyes turn blue. Even uh, the, uh, normal people do.
1: Including what the whites
3: of their eyes. But the thing is, there's other versions of the spice addiction that don't have blue eyes. So oh, okay. just, again, it gets complicated. Yes, Chris, we see the book. <laughs> Goodness, Chris. <laughs> um, and anyway, so where are we at? They get captured. Uh, then okay, Dr. Okay. Hui actually... Uh, organizes a way for them to get out, so that he has like a thopter that has like a, a package of supplies for them, yeah. And like a little marker, I think, to to kind of indicate like, hey, this bag is for you. And it the, has a note
0: in there explaining things too.
3: Yeah, well, they haven't opened it yet. So the Harkonnens take him, and then uh does Paul do this in the book too, where he uses the voice first? He uses but, the voice, yeah. Yeah, so Paul uses the voice first. Well, he has,
0: he fails at it the first time, and then he gets yeah. it right the second
3: time. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, on I think you see Jessica's POV, where it's kind of terrifying that she is. Oh, sorry, that he is as powerful in this as he is without much training. And then she does it for the other um, pilot, and they, you know, get rid of them. They crash. Or they go through a storm. And then they crash. Because um, the Baron
0: Harkonnen ships are following them.
3: Yes. Uh, so they fly through a storm, like a sandstorm, which is supposed to well, be was impossible Wasn't, to the,
1: wasn't f- the first thing the sandstorm Well, they go. they go after. into that little base. This yeah. part's
0: not that important for the story, but it is. No, it's yeah, Lea, Lea Kynes essentially meets them in the base, sends them running off it's on their own. Duncan to get a, gets killed, man. Duncan gets... Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Duncan does get killed. It's the first Duncan moment. Duncan dies... Leah lets them off onto a separate path where they can find an Ornithopter, and then Leah gets stranded in the desert. But oh,
3: right. It's so, this more the, than thought, that, yeah. too,
1: though. It's more than that. This is also the time where Paul realizes that he doesn't oh, actually Arconin. see the future in certainty because mm-hmm. up until that point, his future like visions had included Duncan.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. Oh gosh. We also, again, this is why we should probably have multiple parts. So um, because he's on the planet now and he's like essentially the spices and everything, Everything. it's activating his prescient powers. So Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. um, It's something that now it can Mm -hmm. no longer be contained and he basically has to go keep going or basically he'll die. So
1: and he keeps seeing the future where he is the messiah character, but and basically leading a very fanatical Cult. yeah <laughs> well but, he, he refers to it just, as a
0: fremen jihad
1: i think right? yeah so yes.
0: the jihad
3: across the galaxies because it basically it'll spread and he'll topple all And the, the fremen planets. are
0: unstoppable and they're behind him yeah Basically, yes.
1: but but that's why that part is important because it brings into question his own visions to the reader at least because yes. and he mentions it too at that time because it's like oh well duncan wasn't supposed to die for my own visions of the future the mm-hmm. fact that he pulled down
0: at, um, like You sound like you're underwater, Andrew. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what happened there.
1: Well, uh, okay. I don't know why. <laughs> There's an echo in my room, probably.
0: No, it was because you're too far away from the mic and it was isolating you out.
1: Oh, fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, he overlooks, he, he realizes there that he can't just fully rely on his visions of the future.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's are sometimes yeah not accurate yet. and sometimes
1: they're <laughs> not so accurate. But
0: after this point, then they escape the Harconans. Uh, Leah Kynes dies with a weird scene where their Leah Kynes is is uh, <laughs> talking to his mirage of a dad.
3: Yeah, well, it's basically just... explaining like why he had the mission of oh yeah. So Leah Kynes' whole thing was he wants to create more of a paradise. Yeah. So bring so the thing is Dune used to be a tropical planet. I don't know before if you know the worms. This. Yeah, before um, the worms. So, yeah, so before the worms. And basically he wants to bring it back. And uh it, that's an important scene because the way he dies is a huge indication of how the spice is made. Yeah. I don't think it's fully explained in this book.
0: Well, it's like it's like the worms are hunting their own larva, and essentially the spice no. release is no. what attracts the that's, larva. No, so that's not well, that's what I got out of it. No, yeah, so <laughs>
3: the the um well, I don't Again, I don't think it's explained in this book, so I don't necessarily want to it write it for explained. you. There's, it's there's just,
0: a worm cycle. There is yeah. a worm cycle, yeah. It's explained yeah. in the back of the book, Will. I read it. It's explained
1: in the in the thing, too.
0: I'm okay, pretty so then, sure it's in literally in the back right, of the so book. All right, so the way
3: it works is that the... Um, are you sure this explains this book? Because there's, no right there's, there's so much other things I won't ruin it. for you, so it's fine. Uh, so there's th- things called sand trouts, which are basically the larval swarms, and they create a... They basically isolate water and they create like a bubble around it as they're like absorbing it. And when they That's become no big worms, the, the big worms are the ones making the spice. So yep. they, um, those spice pockets is basically, I think it's honestly a dying worm or something, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Because I, later on, he changes it slightly because the giant worms can just produce the spice as they're going. Mm hmm. Those spice pockets, I don't think the sandworms do the, the sand trouts actually create the spice in that moment, but maybe they are converting it as even when they're little.
0: That's what I thought. I thought the worms converted and, and then book, turns and it turns into a big it, bubble. Yeah, in this book, and then they so, plant a bunch of little yeah, larvae. Like, okay,
3: on. so okay, so it is, it is slightly different as he goes along. So, um, basically, uh, what ends up happening is those sound sand trout like the big ones are, are protecting their the, the spice, um gardens and when someone gets near it they get really pissy so they <laughs> uh they end up again in this book they make it seem like it's always the vibrations that's bringing them but actually if you're just f- messing around with the spice they get really upset <laughs> so Anyways, later on they hard. have like cities that are built on top of the spice mounds and then the worms like although there's no vibration the worms will come and attack so
0: Basically, what what you under, what you find out is Leah Kynes had a, they had a plan to cultivate the, the planet, mm-hmm. yes. And in the in the process of this all going on, Leah Kynes kind of brain explains some of this worm and where, I'll just call it the worm cycle. Yeah, yeah.
1: because it, it is basically their photosynthesis, kind of, yeah. I guess. Well, no, it is. It's how the water in the atmosphere and well the oxygen carbon cycle is done.
3: And okay. Another thing is you find out that the worms are not native, right. Right, someone put them there.
0: All right, so moving on from that, Leah Kynes is dead. Paul winds up in the desert with his mom, finds out about his prescience, and also finds out about the fact that he's our Conan blood, and um, she's pregnant. She's yeah. pregnant. That's right. She's pregnant. And prescience tells him that she's pregnant. And it's his sister, and it is actually like Duke's kid. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then they go wandering through the desert.
0: And they have to stumble through it like the Fremen do so that the worms don't get distracted by it. Yeah, so they have to walk as as unnaturally as possible. Not distracted, but
1: yeah. Um,
0: Um, They wind up, and through traveling through the desert, they wind up finding a sect of the Fremen, which which, is the the guy from earlier. I can't think of his name. Stilgar. Stilgar, that's right. One of uh, Duncan Idaho's friends. They kind of, Mm -hmm. like, stumble slash... uh, what would it be like? Um, they make Jameis angry because they 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 uh, ambush him on their way to try to prove that they are worth more than their water. And then throughout this whole setup, the weirding way is uncovered. Jessica proves that she's worthwhile. Paul proves he's worthwhile, and the tribe accepts them.
3: Um, well, yeah. Well, Jameis uh, and then Jameis challenges Paul to the the fight to the death. The
1: the problem is that Jameis got outshone by Paul when they were trying to take them. Yes. Right, so oh, he yeah. didn't, kind of like how the Harkonnens
0: didn't want to, or I'm sorry, how the Emperor didn't want to be outshone by the Atreides Jameis didn't want to be outshone by
1: Paul Well, because you have to realize that the uh, Fremen their entire culture is based around strength yep. About, Patriarchal because, strength Well, it's more than that It's I know, tri- I know it's tribal, it is uh, muscle. But
0: it's important life that it's patriarchal life. unlike in the movie wow.
2: <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, that's different. But <laughs> so then he has the whole conflict and it's every moment for Paul is kind of like a he could die moment because of the cultural differences. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, in the fight, he, he's never killed someone before. Yep. He's never had that type of uh, sh- shieldless combat. Too. Yep. So throughout the fight, there's people who think he's just playing with the guy instead of finishing him quickly. Mm-hmm. And there's like a whole narrative there too. Yeah. But he like, all ends up winning the fight. And because of the way the culture works, he inherits the wife and the two <laughs> children from and two the children's And the house. And In his it. water. Like, and his water. That's the, the weirdest part to me. Yeah, which <laughs> they basically,
3: a like, yeah, they, they burn you down and they harvest your water. Because water is such a precious yeah. resource, yeah. Right.
0: Oh, my and gosh. Then, we never talked about the still suits. So, again, there's, like, so oh much yeah, going the on. The thing is, is, like, we don't necessarily need to talk about every single thing in this book to get the, the message
1: out there. If you want so to know everything about like Dune, you should horror, read the book. Everyone wears a silly suit that helps keep your water in. That's that's yeah, it, it.
0: Basically, reflows your your spit, your saliva, your urine. It would so be as flat. if you're
1: on, Okay, it's basically the space station on your and, body. On your mm-hmm. body. That's yep. all it is. It recycles your air and your waste.
0: And the water would be really stale at some point after doing that so many times. I mean, but I'm supposedly I'm sure you all water
3: per day. Yeah, you to lose that. a thimble if you do it correctly yeah
0: so uh then they end up at the fremen's uh place and paul kind of grows up there because he's only a, a young teenager and when this whole thing begins mm-hmm. and he becomes he becomes an a adult. Man, yeah. that's, when he grows up. that's
1: when
0: that's when he meets shani and they have several ch- two children i believe one, no, one children one. child to begin with um chani or yeah chani right shani's from uh witcher <laughs> chani um and he kind of like earns his spot within the Fremen. Mm-hmm. And everybody assumes at some point during this process, he will have to challenge Stilgar for leadership. Yep. But it's kind of like a hush hush. Nobody's going to talk about it. And at the same no, time, no. Jessica <laughs> finds out that there's a reverend mother that she can replace and yeah. join them in that aspect. But they he's, don't know she pre- started to attack the Harkonnens at this point, right?
1: Uh yes, at at some point they are actually, and that's when
0: Gurney children. Halleck comes back too. Because
1: they've been, he's been, him and Jessica have been training the Fremen with the, uh, yeah, the weirding fight. ways, yeah, yeah. But doesn't fight she become the Reverend
0: probably. Mother before they do that? No,
1: she she becomes the Reverend. Wait, like, did she become it early? I can't remember.
0: Yeah, I she asked was she early because on. she was pregnant
3: when she did it. So that's true. Yeah, she yeah. did. So she did, did it pretty right early, early, pretty quick,
0: and then after that. So that's when the abomination happens, but after that, that's when Paul and the Fremen start there because Paul becomes a leader within the Fremen and they start attacking the Harkonnens, taking away their spice advantage. Uh, Gurney Halleck rejoins up because they ambush him and realize that he's in the group, and that's when they discover that there's a Sardaukar in his group and they send him back and say, Hey, go tell which the Sardaukar, for those that don't know, is the Emperor's troops, the special it's ones from his, from his prison, yeah. from his prison planet. Um, which is another conspiracy. They're the black stormtroopers, <laughs> the ones that actually shoot people. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that know how to fight. Yeah. So anyways, they, they discover one of those guys among Gurney Halleck's men. He's relatively new, so they knew he was trying to infiltrate the Fremen to find the Mu'adib slash Maud'i or whatever he is. It's Maud'i. Um, maudib, whatever. But he's also Maud'i. Maud'i. <laughs> but Maud'i, that's what's so confusing. He picks Mu'adib as his, like, tribe name. But they also call him Maud'i, which is their messiah name. Yeah. It's just it's name. like two words mouse. that are so similar. So he's
1: just there to do but, his thing, man. And mm-hmm.
0: throughout this process, now Paul, ambushing the Harkonnen spice harvesting, they uh, Aliyah starts growing up, which is the sister. Them. Yeah. And so he's making a name for himself on the planet, and people start to realize, like, oh gosh, this Muad'Dib guy is like really causing problems. But nobody knows that it's Paul. That's the that's the thing. Nobody yep. knows that it's Paul. So then Paul sees in his prescience that they're going to have to eventually fight the harkonnens directly that's what the fremen have to do eventually so he learns a lot about the fremen's ways and then they have a their coming of age ceremony or whatever that they usually do to 12 year olds where he learns how to ride the worms has he answered spice agony yet that's after the worm riding isn't it or is it before i thought it was after after yeah he arrives after when
1: he goes um doesn't know what he's
0: supposed to do next yes he rides the worm and then that's when they tell him like or that's when one or the other happens first i don't think it really matters that much but he has to ride the worm and he goes through a multi-week like coma where he's got spice agony going on yeah which is really unusual uh, so
3: normally that doesn't happen but because he's the he basically what what he's doing that the fremen don't do is he's accessing other memories and another thing, so he's basically tapping into his genes and it's all the memories of everyone on his female side which is what the Bene Gesserit can do but he can also access all of the males which is something unique to him.
0: Right.
1: through yeah, B- the Spice Agony after because he needed to figure out how he was going to um, That's right, yeah. not yeah. kill Stilgar and become yep. the leader of all. So mm-hmm. that's that's the proper order
3: yeah and he goes through it for so long partly because he has to he's conversing essentially with all of those other memories and also something that i don't know if it's necessarily touched much on this book but it will be very important is that those other memories try to take over the body
2: mm-hmm. uh, so
3: there's because like he has a the baron in there and the baron is like a fully fleshed out person and will try to take over
0: um, but i thought the baron was more impactful to aliyah it, it will be
3: okay I'm saying that he's there too, okay. so like he's he's fighting all of those people and not being prepped for that kind of a thing. I can see how that can be pretty terrible. Um, and then I think is is it Chani that brings him out of it?
0: Yes, she shows yeah. up and essentially feeds him more of the the water. Yeah, he just needs more water because he's thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, what's the water called? The Maker Water or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he gets more of the poisoned water from the worms, and they yep. feed it to him. And that's what breaks him from his, his like coma spell what do you want to call it mm-hmm. and
3: yeah and at that point basically he, a he complete
0: shift in his personality because he's
3: acting like kind of like a robot at that point right um because he's no longer
0: just paul he's got so much more going on in there now yeah. so then following that he unites the fremen they continue doing the training and eventually he's asked to fight Stilgar and he basically says well no i'm not going to give up my best leading person i'm the duke and all you tribes people will answer to the duke now
1: yeah and similarly to um very similarly to the um way that what we mentioned in our previous book review for that hideous strength Mm oh there's the whole concept of before they even have this conversation they've Orchestrated exactly how it's going to go. They've manipulated the direction so that they can control the crowd. Yep, yep. Um, but the whole narrative is like, yes, am I going to kill my t- best leaders, and am I going to go and kill every leader for every different uh, what is it called? This it's, it's, um, C-H. C-H. it's C-H. C-H. CH whatever. And then leave all of them without leaders when I have to go be the you know mm-hmm. duke of this planet. Yeah. So, he basically he breaks
3: he breaks this tradition and they yeah. don't go back to it.
1: But he has, <laughs> he breaks it in a way where it doesn't really break it. They just are swearing fealty to the duke because he is the duke. Yeah. So, he assumes
0: ultimate leadership of the Fremen Empire. <laughs> he,
1: he finally assumes the role that he technically has and the Fremen just are saying, hey, we're no longer in rebellion because <laughs> we don't hate you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Kind of a but, workaround.
0: but So once they do that, um, they hatch this plan, which really, it doesn't matter how they handle it, but essentially, they blow a hole in the wall and let the worms into... Well, you're missing Harkons. something. Oh, the the murder of his kid?
1: Yeah, because
0: yeah, the Empor just...
1: basically did a workaround to figure out more about the planet because mm-hmm. the Harkonnens are stupid. And <laughs> um, they found out where the main base was and he sent his troops there to try to yep. take over. Take so I believe him.
0: Paul what's happen, right? um, kind of knows it's going to happen, right?
1: I don't think he knows. That, but I, don't think he actually I think he about
0: knows about. around the time it's too late for him to stop it.
3: Yeah. Cause I, I'm pretty certain at this point, he's also predicted his other kids that are going to be much more
0: important to the golden path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe so. I, I don't know that he directly talks about
1: that. But he doesn't directly talk. It's hinted,
0: about it. it's hinted yeah. at. It's I think it's okay. I'm getting confused.
3: I think well, he's the, the he's conversation more into that later. The conversation
0: to it later when he's talking to Chani after That's what I was he, gonna say after yeah. he after he gets to the 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 palace and <laughs> whatnot. Never the, all all hell breaks loose in there. Yeah. That's when he talks to Chani about yeah, more. But kids. he's also a badass riding worms into a battle, which is pretty Yeah,
1: cool. We're also right now really missing the uh Harkonnen narrative in this talk through because um there's the no there's but, no way to
0: cover the entire book
1: in no but book. there's a way to quickly cover the harkonnen narrative I summarize it go ahead yes yeah, good. Good. okay i'll do it real fast too guys. trust <laughs> me. so the baron wants the throne for his family he wants yeah. to usurp the empire all right so he little has, does he
0: know that paul would automatically make the harkonnen blood on. The yeah Lord's yeah feet.
1: well he's also stupid so <laughs> The, you have the Harkonnen family. The Baron doesn't actually have kids that he's aware of. Right. Not that he's aware of. He has yeah, For nephews. certain reasons. Yeah. Yeah. He has nephews and illegitimate nephews and stuff that he then made. Um Rabin and Fade Rautha. Yes. Okay. So there's the one who's just a brute. And Rab- basically Rabin. the exact same as the Baron. Mm-hmm. Just a lot less cunning. I was gonna say a he's got no in, almost me. no intelligence. No, but he's like more the spitting image of him. Yeah. Like he, yeah. he resembles okay. him. Yeah. yeah.
3: So Chris, are you upset that Dave Batista's playing him now? Because you're like,
0: I
1: can't believe he's the Baron. He's got a
0: terrible actor. Well, when I originally <laughs> saw that, I thought he was playing Baron, I was like, what? No, this makes no, no it's sense. Clear, clearly, that guy. Yeah. He's rab. No, no, no. Once I realized he's rab, I, I texted you that early on in the movie, not realizing he wasn't Baron. <laughs> I was like, this would be the worst Baron character ever. But it wasn't him, thankfully. I still don't like the Baron in that movie, though. Yeah, I, so I, so, I, so, it's so
1: it's he has the brute, creepy. then he has the other one, uh, the other nephew that is like the promising, attractive-looking prince. That, well, he's
3: the opposite of Paul, so he is another p- potential Kwisach uh, Hadarach or whatever. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Quisach, the, he doesn't really show that
1: potential ever in the narrative. No. But and he he's is part of that breeding path, program he's so. part of the breeding program he's basically who Paul was supposed to marry if he was a chick he's the antithesis of Paul yeah he's, so thats sorry oh, sorry that's a good
3: point Andrew so their kid was supposed to be yes. the
1: yeah sorry. The the generation program, this was the that he was supposed to marry yeah. yes all right now <clears throat> there's they have a a servant character a Metac that was supposed to to lead on arrakis at right the after fear the fear i to be as brutal as possible to make it where the hardpoints come back looking like saviors so the whole we're gonna just boil you alive so that even our normal cruelty doesn't seem bad anymore well that guy gets killed with the tooth issue The the dude oh or the him. original one yeah yeah and then so the the baron has to pick a new person to lead on the planet in his absence so he picks his brutish nephew puts him in charge to be as cruel and brutal as possible and that is who paul is fighting against the entire time Mm -hmm, right Unknowingly, the baron has made it even easier for paul to lead the uprising all of that and
0: without realizing it too
1: yeah, without realizing it and that's where you get to basically this exact part we're talking about where the baron and the other nephew are coming with the emperor and everything for the main conflict with paul see i told you i'd do it fast
0: and then the only other piece of that that was important that i think was skipped over is that uh hawat who used to who's very loyal to Duke Atreides, does not believe that paul is alive and therefore assists baron harkonnen Likely with the plan to eventually betray him or take whatever logical conclusion makes the most sense.
1: Distance is very fickle. Right. If but throughout mean, the
0: book, he's he's bad. constantly meddling with Fade Rotha and
1: and Baron Harkonnen. Well, he doesn't blame Fade Rotha. He blames no. the Baron. So right. he's mm-hmm. constantly helping Fade Rotha. Fade Rotha, but also warning the Baron at times to make it work. He's he's causing he's some playing problems them between each them. Other. Yeah, he's making it where he's useful as much as he can be.
0: To everybody. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's got a ticking time bomb where if he ever betrays them, they'll take away his antidote and the poison will kill him. Yeah, because they
1: started poisoning him from the very beginning. Right. So
0: the Fear Wat is still there when Paul eventually takes over the palace on Dune that his father essentially is it's his birthright, his, heir, his heirloom, whatever you want to call it, because his yeah. dad, when he dies, Paul becomes the Duke by a royal... Um, heretical uh, yeah, line. He also has a uh, signet ring. It's Hereditary, hereditary lines, yeah. yeah hereditary. So he's basically, once the worms show up and they've they've trapped Baron and the Emperor because he shows up for dumb reasons with a Sardaukar to try and help the Baron out, they basically trap the Emperor, Baron and all the important people of the Empire in one place on Arrakis during this fight and a sandstorm bruise where they can't leave the planet and the guild ships are all monitoring it from the sky because they're like, we're not getting involved in this. And so Paul well, they and are Rae, involved. They they just... are they are, but they're not getting involved in the combat. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't think they can fight in combat. There's a whole conversation the... about how even though the, the guild, guild ships needs are that... primarily transports. Chris, yes, correct.
0: What I was gonna say though is the guild is, is. There's a discussion about the guild in this portion where they basically say if the guild were to try to control Arrakis, it would be a self defeating. Uh, future where they literally do nothing or they, or they destroy themselves by trying to control Arrakis, which is why they always want a um, person who's not in the guild to control Arrakis and supply them with spice.
1: Yeah. I mean, and then at this point, Paul's already figured out how you could destroy the spice for good. Right. And as a result, he has that weapon to use against the guild to force them to cooperate and also, Neg the emperor into cooperating too once it's time to surrender.
0: And at this point, Aaliyah is in the capital, basically telling them like, "Surrender, Paul's coming." And they yeah. don't believe her. And the, the uh that's when the mother Superior's Like Wait, well, it's, it's an also, abomination.
1: It's an abomination because she's like a two year old kid.
0: Yeah,
3: that but she's everything. fully developed as far as, fully, as mentally
1: yeah, because mentally she is fully developed because she went, went through, through the, the same spice journey. Egg. Yeah, the spice agony, just like her mother, just like Paul.
3: Yep. Yeah, which, which is so really important because you understand why she why she can become an abomination later, right? And because a she's got other
0: novel. personalities floating around in her head. Yep. Anyways, mm. uh, when you go past that point, then basically Paul is taken over the planet. Baron Harkonnen gets killed in the action. Rabin gets killed in the action, and you're left with the Emperor, his daughter Princess Irulan, who he, he wanted I, her to marry. Irulan, time ago. Irulan, whatever. What did I say? Girl. The Rathan wasn't killed. Rabin was killed. Ratha Rautha, Rautha is alive. Rautha He's is with alive. the Emperor. Yeah. yeah. And then they have this final showdown where they bring the Emperor in. It's like, basically, Paul's like, I own you, so I need to be the Emperor now, and yep. I will marry your daughter, which will put me on the throne, and you'll be sent off to your prison planet. Mm-hmm. Prison planet by yourself. Well, not by yourself, with his cousin or whatever it is. The Fenring. Fenring goes with him. But, um... <clears throat> count fenring who's more important in the books than in the actual show or anything like that. he's See, or- basically
1: also he also could have been paul right yeah. but he had an imperfection
0: and his wife i think sleeps with fade rotha to give another yeah. baby in the middle of the book which is like barely grazed over but whatever
1: well it's part of the ben jesuit uh yeah.
0: breeding yep. program so anyways then fade rotha challenges paul at the very end they have a knife fight where, of course, Paul overcomes him because Paul mm-hmm. is the Messiah of this book. And then the emperor is forced to succumb to Paul's wishes. But Paul basically says, I'll marry your daughter, but I will never, ever breed with her. He's going to stick with Shani, his his favorite little uh, Fremen woman that's his concubine. It's his wife, and he loves her. Yeah. She's she's not his wife, though. She's his concubine. And I Jessica mean, says that concubines will one day be called the wives. He knows her in a biblical way. He's
3: married he to her like Adam and Eve, buddy.
0: <laughs> he's he's married I'm to not her ar-
1: in the Fremen
0: way. Yes, fair enough. I guess kind of because he no, can't in the technically Fremen be way
1: he is married to her. He can't
0: mm-hmm. be married to her because he can't marry Princess Erlan if he doesn't.
1: Well, I mean he could. <laughs> <laughs> he could still- <laughs> Anyways, you're, I think we've got a pretty decent
0: married. summary here, but Paul kills Fain rautha which ends that potential yeah, for he becomes emperor. He becomes the emperor, and that's where
1: the book kind of leaves off. Right there. It actually, is where it ends. See, we didn't yeah. need two episodes for this. We could. I'm it
3: shocked out. that we blew through it like that. <laughs> it's we all so like- much better. Read the book. <laughs>
0: the book is a yes. lot But, but, but summary, the but. point is, like, if you listen to a lot of the interviews and conversations about this, like, this is the story of like building up Paul for the second book, which is a big reveal for him. But Frank Herbert basically describes this as like an Arthurian legend in space. Yeah,
2: I'll
1: say this to your point, Will, I think the reason it felt like this would be so hard to go through in one episode of our podcast is just the fact that while you're reading his writing style, right? At giving as little information as possible over the five, uh, almost 600 pages is something that makes you think about every issue about a yes. thousand times. And you are constantly trying to project out into the future to what you think is going to happen. You're you're basically trying to do what Paul does while you Mm -hmm. read it. And you're contemplating where the story is going to go. Yeah, and, it, and he oh,
3: really leans into that in the next yeah. couple books. I'm excited for you to read him, Andrew. And
1: as you read it... You're not you're excited reading, for me to oh, read it?
3: No, you've already seen the movies. I'm sure you've ruined it for you. I did
0: not see... I did, No, I purposefully avoided watch, or watching the Children of Dune miniseries. I have not watched that okay, yet. Okay, that's good.
1: But, but the way that... Between how you read it and think about it, right? And then the writing style of what just wanting to know what happens next... It pulls you through this book so fast mm-hmm. that it it was not a hard read at all.
0: No, it agreed. felt it, it was like it was. I could read it at about the same speed as a Michael Crichton book.
1: Yes, it was exactly the same speed because it Michael leads Crichton. you along like Michael Crichton does. Yes, it, it but better, but better. Yeah,
3: I will say like some of the other books, you're basically going like, "What the fuck is happening?" The entire time <laughs> until you get to the very end, and then you're like, kind of like, "What the fuck." <laughs> you get you get some of it you sort of understand it
1: in the ones are those the ones written by his son though
3: no 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 so no no. no. The, there's six that frank wrote yeah oh, okay he wrote yeah, six so, books especially when you had the god emperor like that entire time it, it's because the god emperor i won't, won't ruin who that is it's just on another another plane of thinking so it's a, it's really difficult to follow his logic until mm. the end then you're like oh okay i, I see it now
1: I'll, I'll say this, though, as far as sci-fi goes, it's not, it is and it isn't sci-fi. It's, yeah,
3: well, there's no aliens.
1: There's no aliens.
0: I guess, secondly, the worms would be aliens.
3: Maybe, because they could have been taken from Earth. You have no idea where well, they came from.
0: Yeah. Aliens on Arrakis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the humans
1: are aliens on Arrakis,
0: too. That's, Fair enough. Okay. Well, all right, maybe. if you want to get, you know what I mean. But yeah. te- but the the humans it's, it's all humans and I kind of respect that I think that's awesome that he chose to do I that. think it's better
1: also yeah. controversial opinion here but I th- I can't help but feel like um, there is something about the human form that is ideal as far as the species that's intelligent goes that I wouldn't be surprised if you just found other human humanoid aliens elsewhere like that's not exactly
3: well as far as our understanding of how of tool use and creation yeah. i mean although dolphins are extremely smart the only tools they can come up with are like sponges whereas even the less intelligent apes can create like wooden tools because they have I mean, hands
1: even, yeah even look at um raccoons man things. look at how raccoons can open things yeah all sorts of stuff. it's like having two hands and two legs is well two feet i guess is very helpful so i i just feel like um the bipedal everyone...
0: primate form is that what you're trying to get at yeah i mean it doesn't
1: have to be primate i guess you could have humanoid alien... well you could have any mammal-esque uh, primate form creature i don't know i'm just saying that as far as if we were to actually find aliens if you told me that it was bipedal that would i would not be shocked
3: i would say it's probably gonna have to be warm-blooded or some variation of that to have enough energy pumping into your brain to have complex thought
0: yeah i don't believe in aliens yeah ahead, the, or it's
1: gonna be octopus <laughs> you know an octopus, yeah, octopus. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god dude those things are crazy
0: it's like they're the crazy Splatoon smart characters. they're crazy like smart they yeah.
1: can use a lot of things as tools
3: they're honestly uncomfortable to watch because they're that smart yeah. octopus yeah
1: they're also genetically so different than everything else on yeah talking.
3: They're, well, they also have perfect eyes. So if you, their eyes don't have the blind spot like uh, vertebrates do. Oh, really? Yeah. Because they evolve differently.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, they're com- but they're completely different than everything else. What about jellyfish? No. Jellyfish have the- no brains, man. Yeah. I was going to say.
0: <laughs> they're just a nervous system, essentially. Yeah, you know, with a medical species, some of <laughs> so, them are, so, so, just so- are literally
3: just a collection of, of individual cells get, that are. Let's get back to
0: the book and just. Okay. Like, so what, what about the book? Did you appreciate the most?
3: I think Andrew's already hit on it. The, yeah. the the way it's written. I mean, going into this, I was thinking, "Desert planet. This is going to be dumb." We've seen <laughs> Desert Planet movies. They're never great. Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, exactly. All that, but yeah, yeah, and, and then um, I don't know. Just going through it, you just you just dra- you drag through it. It's so planet. fascinating. I love I love the story.
1: You forget that it's a desert planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In a sense, because. The story is so r- much more rich than what mm-hmm.
0: you would from a desert planet. It feels like a like you know like there's that uncanny valley about sci-fi where it's like okay no I don't really buy this. Th- this book is one of those books where it's like wow um, this feels like a real place the way he talks about it.
3: Yeah, well again yeah. The way, th- to Andrew's point, he gives you just enough that you're filling in all those gaps yourself, so it feels so fleshed you fill out. it in with what you know. Yeah. And right. he leans into that, and again, he leans into that later, where he like what you you just you the gaps you filled in with what you think is going happening. sometimes it is exactly what it is, and you feel like kind of like you feel vindicated that you figured it out almost.
1: I also really appreciate the way he does um, the technology mm-hmm. yeah, where it's simultaneously extremely advanced, but also primitive.
0: There's you know, a commentary where uh, somebody who's reviewing this book, said that uh frank herbert just just did not want computers or like advanced weaponry so he came up with the butlerian jihad just so he could have knives in space also this is uh he formulated the story in the 50s so like there weren't computers yet
1: he also does (laughs) it though where he says that you know shields make it where guns are all the weapons have a negative impact yeah they They basically
3: all become
0: atomic
1: Yeah, so he set it up in a way that's believable. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, he explains it all. It's just that somebody's like he came up with this explanation so he didn't have to have guns.
1: (laughs) Well, I think he came up with this explanation so that his future planet world was like the ultimate... um, Well, the story
0: stays evergreen because you don't have to explain away... Well, modern technology says this is different. He basically says, No, I re- reject all that because of the Butlerian
1: jihad. I was going <laughs> to say that it's the ultimate nuclear deterrence.
0: Yeah. Where right.
1: he advances it so far that he can then simplify it because people yeah. nullified everything. And then that allows him to write a far simpler story because the defenses and the weapons have now balanced each other out to something that is far more primitive.
0: Yep. Agreed. All right. So. I would say my favorite aspect of this book is there's the coming of age story, but I think it's like the uniting the people of the planet. That's been completely just devastated by years of the empire. And then having that rebellion story in a way that he makes their whole society better. And he proves to them that they can evolve past this tribal form that they're currently in. I really liked that aspect of. of the story. I, I know that's not perfect, but he really does bring them out of
1: the yeah, sieges has, and
0: into the city.
1: He also has that whole story arc of hard men create good times thing in there. Yeah, there's that. So Just yeah. because
3: that's... Well, the entire know. time Paul is trying, to, trying not to become the Messiah, he doesn't want that, in, uh, that future, and he does his damnedest to keep that from happening. Um, and then you'll see that he fails in that mission um, but it was inevitable. Yeah. The overarching theme is that you got to be uh, you have to be wary of these, you know, smooth talking politicians that create these movements because they're, you know, it can whip people into a frenzy and that frenzy can be directed into
0: positive things or into very negative things. And, the, and It's the like person. a snow the snowball effect, right? You yes, start with exactly. a small snowball, rolls downhill, becomes something entirely more. Well, not Crazy. just that
1: though. He throughout that entire process, he realizes that it becomes so much bigger than himself that uh-huh. no matter what he does, the narrative will escape him. If he, yep. especially if he dies, if he yeah. dies, then there's literally zero control over where it's going. But he will; it will continue. He no longer controls it. So, I, yeah, like I said, I I just love the way he writes this book with the way he provides details that does just suck you through the book, basically drags you through it. I Um, couldn't think
0: of another sci-fi book that was similar to this prior to it coming out. Like this is, this is like one of those magnum opuses of sci-fi.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, like I've said it, you know, several times now, this book is essentially what Tolkien did to the fantasy. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Just put it on a whole new plane.
1: This is, this is high I mean, sci-fi.
0: How about that? We we can in even, uh,
1: Foundation. Sci-fi. I thought, isn't that another one that's yeah? F- Foundation
0: thing? is great, but um, and I've already read that. This this is different. Foundation is an entirely different narrative.
1: No, but I'm saying, isn't Foundation did the same concept for sci-fi? If I wasn't mistaken, I thought that it.
0: I mean, it, it, change, it changed.
1: The, early Foundation, Foundation
0: changed a lot of how sci-fi was written or looked at. And it's it kind of opened the door for something like Dune to really take over the genre.
1: Was founded uh, did Foundation came out? I can't out remember first? when the
0: foundation came out. Foundation came out first. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just sure saying that, that if it because I know foundation, that foundation is what bridges is- the gap between serious sci-fi of like HG Wells and like Frank Herbert.
1: Okay.
0: I'm 90% sure. I,
1: I was under the impression that foundation was literally one of those foundations of what modern sci-fi is. it
0: it absolutely changed like it took the genre out of the dark period where sci-fi was looked at as like a kid's form of entertainment and brought it into a light where somebody like frank herbert could make dune and people would accept it does that make sense yeah no that makes sense how would you guys rate this book five that's it's a five I, i can't imagine somebody like this book especially
1: this one specifically five. is definitely a five, it, given what Will says about the later books.
0: There's more I questions.
1: Have, there. I have to read them first, but um, there, I will each one is there
3: it is very good. I would give honestly the first three. I would give all of them fives, just to ruin that for you.
1: That's fine. I mean, I already expect it because it's all tied to this story. Yeah.
0: The foundation five. is from the 1940s, just for the record.
1: Which I just have to point out that that's really freaking old. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Really? That was 1951, Chris. I'm looking at it right now. The short stories that became foundation were started in 42. I'm literally looking at it right now. He first published them as novellas in the magazines. And then eventually, oh, it was published under. So
3: a, the actual book itself came out in nineteen.
0: Kind of like Herbert's Dune, with those. But he um, started yeah,
1: it prior to. In a way that's that what he used to published. write was a
0: column in like a
1: science, like a magazine. Yeah, well, well like this is started. kind
3: of how these things were. This, I don't think, this was necessarily a proven
0: genre yet. So no, it was. No. They basically
1: invented it, as far as novels go. Well, because
0: mm-hmm. you had H. G. Wells prior, H. G. Wells, and um, yeah, which were more mean,
3: short stories though. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying they were long. And Robert Heinlein had been writing for years too. Like he was abridging abridging yeah. sci fi. My point well. is, like, Dune's freaking huge. So uh, that's. It
1: doesn't When he, when like he wanted thing, to get though. Dune published, crazy thing.
0: no publisher would take it. And then some guy at Chilton, which made <laughs> vehicle manuals, giant, thick vehicle manuals, said, ah, whatever, sci fi, let's, let's publish this giant book. And that's that's the end of the story, because yeah, that, you got to think
3: about how weird this would have been at that time, though, because it's like it's so different.
0: It is. Absolutely. But I, I think this might be our first. All three of us gave it a five. Honestly, no, it's not the first. Oh, no. Narnia, horse and his boy. We did that one, too. Yeah, I think. Didn't we give mm-hmm. the hobbit
1: a five? Did we not give did we not all give hideous, the hideous strength a five?
0: I think Will was pulling that one. Oh,
3: that's out, right. I one. gave it a four. Because I said, I was like, I'm giving this one a five. So do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. No,
1: no, I changed my mind. I changed it, it to a yeah, five because, it, it. because we four. also did that horse, The Horse and His Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was
3: like, out of the C.S. Lewis books, that's a five.
0: But this mm. one is like maybe Maybe at the end of this year, we'll take all of our fives and like re-rank them based on which ones are the best out of the fives. All right, fair enough. Well, that's hard because I know, you know I know I'm that it's just, hard, like, but I'm just saying it might be a it might be, children's <laughs> it might be a fun debate, though. Anyways, uh, yeah, Dune Dune for me, and if you're gonna get a modern copy of Dune, this version is just better quality, like the, the Barnes and Noble version, it'll it'll last longer than the, the other one that comes in the trilogy box set for whatever reason. When they published them in like a couple years apart, they clearly learned their lesson because this one is way better well, to read.
1: It's not that that trilogy box set is cheap to purchase. It's like
0: a hundred. No, you don't understand. The MSRP on that was like one fifty. Dude, on Amazon it's been cheap. It is
1: yeah, now. I mean, I got mine for like yeah forty. I'm bucks, saying 40. it's cheap right now. It was not expensive. So yeah, I'm, I'm not arguing that. I'm the just saying that, that, that if you're
0: gonna, I would go to Barnes and Noble and get this copy because this is way better quality. This one lays flat while you're reading. The pages are thicker, and it's it just feels better in there. Honestly,
1: hands. if I was going to spend, how much was that book, Chris?
0: The one I've got this was only forty.
1: Okay, well, you're getting to that point where I'm willing to drop some money on the leather bound books.
0: <laughs> well, Easton Press sometimes launches them. Uh, Folio Society is on yeah. through two of them I'm, now. I'm just Those saying, are like, bucks
1: a piece though. If you're not, yeah, but at that point when you're going from what the cheap version is up to the other one like buy the cheap version to see if you like it
0: mm-hmm. yeah fair enough and
1: you might as well buy the cheap one because it was like it was not
0: i mean these are really pretty covers i like this art yeah. i know honestly that i would just recommend getting,
3: getting the paperback for now like and then if you really yeah. like it and then, then get the
1: hard covers
0: just i yeah, like doing so the much i bought the rest of then, the series so but this is
1: definitely <laughs> one of those book series where it's like lord of the rings
0: you either like it or you either like it or love it you really i don't know anybody that hates the original i, yeah, I
1: can't imagine you hating it unless you don't like sci-fi at all yeah. um but this is definitely the type of book where you're going to want to splurge if you're at all a collector of books
0: yeah folio society is on to the second book so they'll probably make all six and that's a super high quality production so if you're looking for hundred dollar books go get the folio society
1: edition which one's that what one's that
0: just look it up after the podcast. Trust is me. it leather? It's yeah, I think it is leather, but it's definitely like sewn so binding and everything else. Sand. It's very beautiful. You would like it, Andrew. It's, it's actually good. made out of the worm
1: skin, you guys. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's made out of the same stuff that the, the worm on the popcorn bucket is made out of. Oh my gosh! <laughs> With that, we should wrap up. <laughs> yes. that's got yeah, you. Please wrap it up before you touch that popcorn. Oh god! <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <all> over yourself. <laughs> popcorn butter everywhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I'll let you take it away. All right. Well,
3: thanks for tuning in. Uh, Make sure you uh, like and subscribe. Uh, We sometimes post on our other uh, podcast, uh, the Curlcast, (laughs) sometimes. Um, What is our next book?
1: Isn't it Lockdown with the Devil?
0: No, we're doing our recap on the Space Trilogy.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right.
3: Yeah, so we're going to do it next uh, in two weeks. We're going to do the recap of the Space Trilogy. So make sure you tune in for that. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. What are the other things? YouTube, Rumble, YouTube, Rumble. Rumble.
0: Look, just type in printed and pressed and you'll find us on a lot of stuff. Or Krillcast, yes. you'll find us on Yo, either one to, will find us.
1: You'll get to see me hate on uh Out of the Silent Planet again at mm-hmm. the next episode. So.
3: Yes. Yeah. Also, uh, what is our book club on?
0: Everywhere. It's uh, <laughs> called book bookclubs.com, I think, and then uh goodreads.
3: Yeah, so you can follow there and you know participate and maybe read along
0: um and see what we're reading in the next couple months and we are going to be posting it on the community tab on youtube here in the near future once i figure out how to do that correctly
1: yeah so and just uh leave some comments and tell us your own thoughts if you love the book hate the book hate our review of the book
3: it's <laughs> your favorite movie rendition we all know Chris is yeah <laughs>
0: the sci-fi mini. That, that
1: is actually one thing we didn't really mention
0: i um, want to do like a whole dune media franchise episode on krill cast a different day Okay. Once we see part 2 I'm worried this talk is about it.
1: This, this story is too hard to do as a show as as a te- uh, movie I should say. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there was something like it's the un um, I don't know. There was like untranslatable or something like that into video media, but whatever. All mm-hmm. right. On that note, we'll see you guys on the next one. See you bye, guys. Bye.